Welcome to episode 11 of Webway Radio. I'm your host, Kurt. And this is Austin. And today we are going to chat about a lot of stuff. We talk about you getting into the hobby, prepping for your first tournament. Uh, we end up talking about how I got into the hobby. So a lot of good stories. I think it's a pretty good episode. I'm excited for it. I think it was a good time. I, I had a blast, and, and we actually went a lot longer than I thought I would, because I don't even have notes printed here. So this is one of those just kind of thrown together episodes. All right, so let's talk hobby progress. Austin, what have you been working on? Uh, so far, all I've been working on is getting this list ready for Huntsville. It has been a pain, let me tell you what. the I'm not much of a hobbyist, so the painting has been a bit of a a bit of a problem for me and the basing obviously we just went through and made everything identical for ease of use and and there's nothing wrong with that it was simple and you know we was st- we still have it out in front of us we we knocked out the whole army and Alex's army in an afternoon um yeah it was like 2 hours 3 hours maybe yeah i mean the the PVA glue dried we put down the coarse ballast and then we did the uh, liquid cement. You have recently started playing, started Votan as your first army, Leagues of Votan or squats if you've played long enough. What what brought you to Leagues of Votan? Uh, honestly, the I started with Grey Knights because I I read the lore for years, and Grey Knights were the coolest thing since sliced bread to me. And I tried out Grey Knights, and it turns out that me and Grey Knights don't get along on the tabletop. So I got Leagues of Votan because I said, ooh, dwarves in space with cool-ass weapons. Why not? Let's give it a shot. And it just clicked so much better. Because everything I noticed I was missing from Grey Knights was I wanted to shoot more, but the melee was nice to have as a spare piece. The psychic stuff was a little enemy. So right. I went with Votan, and sure enough, the one psyker unit doesn't really bother me because it's just ex- it's just extra stuff in, an, in a phase I don't use way better shooting and the melee is just as good. And see, I didn't even realize you guys had psychers. We have, we have the one psyker and most people only use him for CP farming and getting rid of invul saves. That's why I built my void scar just to have the, that one Eldar spell that just gives me an extra CP. Yeah. Kind of a big deal for us, but I can completely relate as a Drakari player. We, we just don't do the psychic phase and that's okay. I'm okay with that. I'm completely one less thing I have to remember. I'm all for it. You talked not liking the Grey Knight style. Was it was it Marines that you, interested you initially, or what? What kind of brought you to Grey Knights? I mean, uh, so I always liked the I always liked the way that the Imperium was cited on the lore. It was always a very interesting thing to me. And then Grey Knights were just shown to be this one out of every thousand Marines as a Grey Knight that are they're more elite. They hit better. They they shrug off wounds easier. They're just these essentially walking badasses that are not quite to the point of custodies, but they, they, it's like you're walking around with a bunch of librarians in an army. And I thought that was awesome. You know, back in the day, I, and I've, I've got the PDF saved. One of the writers for GW put out in a, I don't know, it was forever ago, but he put out like, if, if Space Marines played like they played or would play in a movie like John Wick or something, this would be their stat line. 
And even in the article, he wrote like a little blurb about like, I, I regret doing this immediately, like blah, blah, blah. This is not terminate legal. It's not anything. But the Marines had like 36 shots and the save was crazy. And it had like a three up and vulnerable and, and all the things and, and feel no pains. And it was just like three of them as a 2000 point army, like have fun. And the rules were crazy. I need to I need to find that and send it to you. Oh, and and don't forget, if we were going by lore, Necrons would always one shot you. Yes, because because the the uh, Gauss flares rip you apart molecularly. Did you listen to the books? It was audio dramas. Have you listened to any of the GW I have stuff? Not. Let me find the name of it then. There is an audio drama that is basically it's so cool. It it it's it's basically. It takes place kind of during the Garrow, the Garrow series. You need to find it. Nathaniel Garrow is one of the baddest of asses in in the Warhammer is lore. It, is it Garrow? Nathaniel Garrow. He was one of the original Death Guard that survived the Isfan drop site massacre that went on with Malkador the hero to found the Grey Knights. Yes. So the audio dramas are literally that. It's it's after he got back to Terra. And Malkador's like, hey, I have this mission, like, go do this thing. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's an hour-long audio drama. There's footsteps, there's gunshots, there's, there's you know, bolter shells hitting the ground when things happen. It is so well done and so cool. Like, if doors open, you hear the, like you would see in a movie, and, like, it, it's awesome. So as far as hobby progress goes, you've, you've got everything painted, you've hit your battle standard, you've got a red and a white scheme, which is really cool. Is that the normal scheme for the the chapter tactic that you play, or is that just something you kind of figured out and made up? How did so, you come to this? So my bikes are a bit closer to, to battle standard with the with the reds and the blacks. Uh, I have a bit of gold missing. Honestly, that's what I'm. That's what that's what the rest of that white is supposed to be. It's just a slap chopped waiting for contrast gold. Sure, is what the is what the rest of them are looking like. Because uh, I play Emir Conglomerate Votan, and their their two main colors are red and gold. Okay, cool. Uh, so, and right now I've only got the red base on, and the slap chop white is obviously showing through pretty well. So I have some leather touch-ups to do, some gray touch-ups to do, and then some gold highlighting, and they're done. As far as the white goes on the little infantry dudes, what color is that? Is that the... On which ones? The the actual like infantry guys the white like on the weapons what oh, what color is that um the color that it's supposed to be is is similar to like a gray or a lead belcher somewhere in between okay I didn't know if that's like the end product I think it looks really good the way it's shaded like that's that's really cool it's almost got like a comic book vibe to it honestly yeah I, I'm really I'm really a big fan of the white I'm almost tempted to leave them there I would leave it that looks it the the colors are striking um because normally like with it's it's red and gold or red and this but like that's that's a cool color I I like that. And now you've got your sand-looking bases, so that's just another pop for them. Yeah, and I, I, th- I think that really makes the uh, the the white pop more. Honestly, the the longer I look at it, it feels like a, it feels like a noir style comic book. Yes, with yes. A, with a random splash of red just thrown out there. I was thinking Sin City, but I I didn't come to it until you said that, and immediately was like, oh my god. Um, so yeah, I I dig that. That's Which is, it's going to really be horrible cool. seeing my hecatons and my and my bikes are completely kitted out. They're they're full red spectrum. They have their black spectrum. They got they got the the snake bite leather on there, and then all of my troops are just going to be like noir with red. I mean, it's and that that's one of the things. Like you're going to look back at these guys in a couple of years when you you paint better and you use different colors and you've got like ten different 
uh, brands of paint that you've discovered and you find you like this or that. And you're going to look back at these and, and some people, they dip their old stuff and completely repaint from the ground up. I like to keep my thing so I can kind of be like, this is how I've progressed. So I've got, and you've, you've seen them, I've got Space Wolves in my glass display case. And when I painted them, I was like, oh my God, it's the first unit I've ever fully painted for 40K. And if I look back at them now, I just cringe. They're so bad. But I can't not, you know, I can't dip them. Right. So they're, they're there. They're always going to be there. They're the only painted Space Wolf unit I have. The yellow looks awful. The the baby blue, I, I can't stand it. But, you know, they're like my first, so I, I have to keep them. I'm just shocked that the that the lore accurate paint scheme for Space Wolves is baby blue and yellow. Honestly, I, I would feel worse for, for Space Wolf players, but I've seen the models that they play with, so I don't feel that oh, bad for them anymore. Damn, right, right for the throat. Right for the throat. Um, and you could probably see there's the dudes up there with the yellow and great great audio. But on the second shelf on the top, there's the the yellow and white shoulder pads, but it's like a dark teal almost. Yeah. That is the same color I've painted my Drakari. But when in the airbrush, I drop two drops of black in it and mix it, and it just makes it that much darker. And it's it's somewhere between like dark gray blue space wolves and baby blue. I think it looks really good. I just can't replicate it on a scale that's feasible. Because right. every batch and every model looks different where I'm airbrushing and, and mixing. And that has been my problem, um, which is why I haven't gone hard in the paint on the Space Wolves. See, for me, I've never been much of a painter. Um, the the big, I, I, I like two of the big three parts of this hobby. I like the playing and I like the building, but the, the painting and the basing just doesn't get along with me. And see, I could, I could build models all day. I love building models, painting, but playing, you know, so we just need to figure out like, all right, Alex assembles for us. I do the painting and I don't know, we'll figure something out, but we just need to team this and, and just knock all this Or out. better yet, we do the building and Alex does the painting for us. I think that's the, I'm move. okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so you mostly are using, like you said, contrast paints. You're doing the slap chop. Um, have you, have you ventured into any other paints or anything like that? Have you tried Vallejo? Have you looked at pro acryl? Have you, uh, I've been using Vallejo as my bases okay. for the most part, but pretty much all I have right now to, available to me is Citadel. Okay. Well, uh, I've been thinking about maybe touching, touching the water of, uh, uh, army speed painter. It looks really cool. So I would definitely, I mean, speed paint and, and all that's great, but I would definitely get some thicker paints. I have the entire game airline. I bought a couple and then I bought a couple more and then I went to a hobby town and gosh, I can't even think of the name. It's, it's just North of Atlanta. It's amazing. It's the size of a Walmart and it's just all things geek. When they carry all the lines of all the paints and there's just aisles, multiple aisles of paint. It's insane. And I was like, Oh, well I can, I can almost finish up the game airline. So I bought everything I could there that I didn't have. And I found some guy on eBay. He was like, well, if you buy 15, you get 30% off. And I, I bought, you know, the rest of the line there. And now I've got Pro Acryl, and now I'm I'm experimenting with Scale 75, and it's a slippery slope. Like, if, if I was to go through my drawer right now, I could probably hand you 20 different pots of black where I was trying to nail a Raven Guard scheme, and I just I didn't find something I was happy with. So I've got gray black and blue black and uh, army whatever, 1970 whatever black. And, and that's how all I acquired colors. infinite paint. Yes. When, uh, so... For, Forge World used to have the heresy paints, right? 
So they had the Emperor's Children purple and the Sons of Horus green and all these colors. And I, they have Corvus black, which was the Raven Guard color. And I bought one pot of it. I was like, this is amazing. And they started discontinuing it, and it went last chance to buy. I've got about 20 pots of that paint in a drawer somewhere. Now, <laughs> also, you can have your lore accurate Raven Guard black. It's so thick. But the problem is, about two or three years ago, they brought all those colors back as air paint. <laughs> so now it's thinner and it's it hurts. But I've got the original pots and it's all right. So any anything else hobby wise you want to talk about? I know we've talked a little bit about potentially your second army, but you're still working on your first. Um, you want to go into that now and you want to circle back? Uh, sure, I'll talk about it now. Sure. Um, so, so what else has piqued your interest? Uh, currently what's piquing my interest at this exact moment is probably chaos Knights. Great choice. As, as shocking as that is just because I've always heard that they're the noob stomping army and a guilty pleasure of mine is stomping noobs as a noob yourself, as a I noob mean, myself. I enjoy noob stomping. It's like two interns in the parking lot, just duking it out for the parking spot. Qu- quite literally. Yeah. All right. So chaos Knights. any, any certain draw there? Are, are you, I feel like once you open that chaos door, it's like, Oh man, Emperor's Children, it's really cool, and, like, maybe I could play World Eaters, and golly, have you seen, like, the Iron Warrior stuff? And, and next thing you know, you've got 20,000 points of chaos and demons and all the things. Yawning is not allowed on this podcast, sir. Listen. <laughs> but when it comes to chaos, I have always been a an advocate of chaos as a bunch of pansies that got jealous because their daddy didn't love them enough. And just going for the throat. It's just going every for the opportunity it's, tonight. It's, sorry, it's it's the <laughs> obligatory truth. My first love was World Eaters. They're still on the shelf. World, I, World Eaters are are wearing their thing on their sleeve. It, they're, they're like the second most obvious what their shtick is, aside from like Space Wolves. That's both armies. That was like my first two 40k armies, man. I know, I'm just coming for your throat tonight, ain't I? <laughs> but but when it when it comes to when it comes to chaos, I I only have a interest in the knights because they're these just massive hunks of models. Yes, that take up a huge amount of space on the battlefield and are literal walking bunkers. That like they make tanks look like infantry, and that and that that's that's beautiful to me. The the fact that I can have an entire. 2000 point army for 10 models or less is this like massive power fantasy to me that and I'm kind of a cheap ass so it it, it makes my wallet feel better right and see the armagers and the hellverns and all that th- that's new and I know you're new so it used to just be like three night gallants on the table and that was your army or four if you depending on how you kitted them out so you didn't have all the little guys running around causing chaos while your big guys Really, really mess things up. I love that they went back and kind of added that layer to to knights in general, both chaos and imperial. Well, and the the whole reason I I find myself liking chaos knights more is that I like having the ability to fall back to melee with Votan, which is something that I kind of like the idea of with chaos knights. Like, because you can't really fall back with melee on sure. on imperial knights. Like, sure, you have like warglaves. That you can that you can fall back on that are dedicated melee units, but at the end of the day, they are shooting units. Whereas chaos knights are quite literally best of both worlds. 
if you need to get close up close and personal, do it. But if you need to sit back and shoot, yeah, you have a little less shooting than the than the imperial version. But it, it's 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 versatility in an army that you only have four models. Yeah, yeah, and and even with your like you said your Votan, like I I didn't expect the melee out of them. You know, you you pop something out of the the vehicle. I was like, oh, I got that. I'll I'll survive. It's fine. I'm not going to do anything. And you you picked up the squad. I was very sad. But I think that a lot of people underestimate the power of berserks. I didn't know they. I forgot they were on the table because they casually re-roll their charges as a random unit, not even as like a faction bonus. That's just on the unit for ninth edition. And they have a fight on death, which I'm sure Drakari love is yeah. to fight things in the fight on death. There's a few things I feel like our book definitely could use, like invulnerables on Incubi, and throw me a fight on death or something. I either way, I'm not going to start that tirade. I, the edition's I, I, over. I'm not playing them anymore until 10th drops. So, yeah, I'm speaking of, I'm not excited for Votan coming 10th edition. So, when you said not excited, just so anyone that's listening here might might have a an inkling of what happened, is today we got our Votan spotlight spotlight for 10th, and Discord got real salty for a little bit. <laughs> And you were the only one talking. It, it was me. It was it was only me. I was the salt factory. But again, like I, I kept trying to be like, we haven't seen it all. There's more. I promise. There's a whole like subset of rules and universal special rules that we haven't seen. So I, I think there's a lot more there. We'll see. And, and who knows? Maybe everybody's just gonna suck. It's index hammer. When this happened last time, we were all playing out of five books, and there were no army special rules. There were no chapter tactics. There wasn't anything. For the first one till the Year's Codex came out. So Space Marines came out first. Guess who was the most powerful army for six months? Big Shocker. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know what they fought. Uh, Death Guard. Death Guard came out, too. That's when they got their book and, and release and everything. Listen, listen, it'll be fine. We'll let we'll let Tyranids and Space Marines have, have, their, have their forefront at the start of edition like Space Marines always does. And then the rest of us will have our day in the sun about a year and a half from. And then June. Space Marines will just be absolutely unplayable, like they've been for the last year until like they get, the last until year they got half. like five to seven hundred points of free free stuff. Except so. for Iron Hands, they just got good because they got all the free heavy weapons. Quite literally. All right, so kind of covered hobby progress. Uh, kind of covered you getting into it. So before the store started selling Warhammer Alternate Dimensions, Alex runs it. We talked to him last time. I wanted to say week. It's been like three weeks. I know you two were pretty good buddies. Is he what got you into Warhammer, or was there something else that kind of like I'd, led you here? I'd be lying if I said that Alex didn't have a have a factor in it, but I've been interested in Warhammer for probably the last, oh God, seven years, seven plus years. I've always seen Warhammer as this incredible world with incredible lore and one of the coolest looking tabletop games that you can play. But there was always this wall that I always hit, and it was the price. Yep. Which is horribly ironic, considering I play Magic the Gathering, and I didn't realize how close the two were actually in price. Yeah, there, there's a there's a pretty big wall up front, but once you get past that wall to get your army started, you're good. That's it. Yep. You don't, I, have, to, you don't have to pay for anything else except for rules every three years. I've got a nephew that... You know, he came over years ago and was like, this is so cool. And I literally gave him like a kill team box or something for Christmas. And then he went to the store to buy some more. And his mom was like, it's $60 a box. It's like, yeah, but think about it. You buy him Call of Duty or Madden or whatever. And he plays it, you know, for a month and he never touches it again. 
you know, he's got maybe 50 hours in it or, or whatever. Not even that. I was like, you know, you buy that $60 box, you spend hours building it, you spend hours painting it, you spend countless hours playing the games, and they're on your shelf for the rest of your life. Like, eh. And if you find a nice FLGS that sells it at a discount, that 60 becomes 50 or 45 or whatever it is. Um, and that's, it helps. Every little bit helps. Sorry, if anybody can hear the dog, I've, I've got a dog that it's either his nails are, are on the, the, the ground or he's in my lap right now just trying to contain him. So he might be breathing or licking or bumping into things. So, you know, if you, you hear the occasional bump, it's, it's just PD. You've been playing a lot of games at the shop. And I mean, like a lot. You and Alex play once or twice a week most weeks. We've played a few times. You've, you've stopped a couple of new players. Yeah, of of all the new people that are starting Warhammer at the shop, I think I have probably a second most amount of games in right now. Yes. Right, right behind Alex. And I, I hate that you guys all decided to start doing this like the weekend my kid's soccer started, which basically keeps me from playing at the shop on Saturdays. Um, thanks. So it, it's, it's okay, Kurt. I definitely bully you into getting a game with me every now and then. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But relatively new to the game, you've got 15, 20 games under your belt, give I, or take. Roughly. And next weekend, you're going to go to your first tournament. Yep. Uh, Lords of War RTT in Madison, Alabama. Yep. Pedro Reyes hosted. He TOs a bunch of events in the area, runs all kinds of events. Great dude. I'm excited for you. I wish I could go, but after the fact, we discovered that's the weekend of my kid's seventh birthday. So that, <laughs> that, that complicates me getting over there, considering we're having a party that day. It's unfortunate, but it'll be, it is what it is. I'm just excited to see how either... What we're we're gonna see just how hard Votan's rules carry me, or we're gonna see how bad I get stomped. Well, and you're going to what is probably one of the last events of Ninth Edition. So I've been watching the the sign up sheet, and none of the big names are going. And I think everybody's just kind of hit that point. Like me, it's like you know what? There's a month left. Like eh. there's a month left. I'm done. I just want to take a nap. I am going to Wait die if you and Alex end up placing like you know second, third, or something crazy. Just first events, no big deal, you know. Um, which I think would be awesome for you, but it's going to inflate that ego. And then you guys are going to go to like Nashville or Cherokee or something and just get your teeth absolutely kicked in. And I, I can't wait. See, here, here's the problem. Me and Alex are playing two very spike oriented lists or two, two spike oriented factions. And neither of us know when to, when to pull our punches. <laughs> <laughs> so we're playing at the store and these people that maybe have less than five games in. Oh yeah. You guys are, we are playing, seals. we are playing tooth and nail trial by fire gameplay yep. against these poor people. And I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, our, our, one of our guys that just started playing, uh, he picked up thousand sons and thousand sons is notorious for not being. Well, they're not great. And the they're meta. extremely complicated. There's so many extremely things complicated. Um, I, I was I remember it was the first time I tested out my teleportation crest on my Iron Here champion and he by himself wiped out three hundred points worth of models in a turn and a half. Sounds about right. Sounds yeah. about right. So as far as prepping for your first event, have you done anything special or different? Like or is there a Rocky esque montage of you like Flipping through codexes and trying to find combos, or are you just gonna go down there and, it has and hope been, for the best? It has mostly been me going on Battle Scribe, reading through all of my eroded rules through my codex, 
and I have learned that I have been playing Votan slightly wrong for the last two months. So the last three games I've gotten in have just been me trying to blast the rules in my forehead. Sure. And that's that was me before my first event. It was Shane over here two or three nights a week. When Shane wasn't here, it was me and my wife trying to play. Just like, I need all the reps I can get. I have to practice all the missions. I have to practice all the secondaries. I have to do all the things. And uh, it was... It was, and of course, you get there and your first game nerves playing somebody you don't know. It's it's bananas. So I, I feel like the first game nerves aren't going to be that big of a deal. Unless, Probably not. You're you're pretty, you know. But me, I'm, I just I want to do everything right and perfect. And which is horribly ironic is I'm playing a non Space Marines army, and I've maybe gotten in one game against Space Marines. Most of my experience comes from Tau, and, fighting Tau, which we have. Uh, colloquially referred to as me playing Votan on hard mode because <laughs> I'm playing a shooting army against the best shooting army. Yes. Well, that was that was me and Shane going to Adepticon. He was taking Blood Angels, so it was Blood Angels and Drakari three nights a week in here. And and we know how to play each other very well. I know how to play Chaos very well. I know how to play Eldar very well. Everything else, maybe Tau and Votan here now, I don't know real well. So that first time I played Guard... And I was like, what do you do? He's like, just don't let me see you with my tanks. Uh, oh, okay. Took an objective. Unit's gone. <laughs> Battle cannons are no joke. I, I'm, I'm assuming that the tanks could see that objective. Yes. Just kills. I mean, he, he sets up for kill zones. He advances. He does all the things. And it's like, nope. If you jump out from behind a building, you're going to die if you're still there at the end of your turn. I did play against Necrons for the first time the other day. Um, that looked exciting. Mostly uh, because you got your teeth. I got in. my teeth kicked in. This guy has put in maybe five games worth of Warhammer 40K, and he beat me, like, rough estimate here, 28 to 99. It was bad. It was a it was a stomp. Now, granted, they have some of the easiest secondaries in the game. Yeah, I wish. I wish I could be that much of a, Easy a point grabber as yeah. Necrons. When it doesn't help that it's 20-man blobs that just come back. They just come back at the end of shooting, mm-hmm. and they come back on threes if there's a cryo a cryotech nearby, and they reroll their ones. So, like, if any of them die, it's it's quite literally less than a toss up. Yep. Oh, and I, I think I've said it like three times, but I played Necrons at Cherokee, and I went into a twenty man blob with some incubi, and I'm used to them just deleting things, and they killed like thirteen of them, and seven stood back up, so I still had fourteen to go. It's like, oh, oh no. Yeah, it, it, the, the only nice part about fighting Necrons is a reanimated model doesn't count against you for no prisoners. Keep storing it. That's the only positive that you have against that. Uh, I don't think that in my 2,000-point list, unless I'm spiking Magna Rail shots, I have a way to kill an, a 20-man brick of Necrons. Oh, yeah. And my strategy after I realized how bad that was going to be for me was just to completely ignore it, and I would, just, I would give him one unit to shoot at. So I was like, you know what? You take that 40-point unit and kill it, you're not going to shoot my whatevers. So I also didn't realize how much of a problem they were going to be until a until his shard of the void dragon one shot a hecaton. Wow! The first one he two phased it. The next one he one phased it. Nice. Yeah, it was it was it was unfortunate. Well, I can't wait. So so something else while you go down and you're you're doing your event, take a notepad. If you don't have one, I will give you one. Write down your opponent's name, what they played, score it in the uh, tabletop battles app. 
so you can look at it later because I want you both to come back after your event and we're going to talk about it. I want to know what you thought you could have done differently, you know, write down your secondaries and we could talk about how you scored them or why you picked it against that army and what you thought you could pull off and what actually happened. One of the biggest and best things that I've, I learned how to do is I've got a notebook I take with me and it's just, you know, Cherokee game one, game two, game three. And it's, it's just little notes like, oh man, Votan hit hard or man, those Necrons were crazy and this happened. And, and just A, it gives me something to kind of refer back to for this. And then B, it gives me something to look back on and say, wow, like if, if I play Necrons again, I need to do this and this and this instead of try to do that. And that's something you can always kind of go, granted the edition is about to change, but that's something you go back on and just to help yourself as a player. Yeah, it probably it probably wouldn't hurt to, to have some notes to study up on to remind myself, oh, this is why this army isn't fun to play against. Or write down things you forget. You know, turn one, I forgot to activate this thing that, you know, screwed me here or there, or I should have used a stratagem there. Uh, for I this situation. I definitely have a problem remembering my first command phase buffs. Those are always my worst enemy. Yep. I think for all of Cherokee and Maul at the Mall, I took Phantasm Grenade Launchers, and I maybe shot them twice in nine games. Say, I, I think you only shot it once in our game against each other. And it's, yeah, I just stopped caring. I was like, I haven't shot them the entire time. Why start now? Um, but that's like 60 points on my list. I could have just, that's another Cavalite squad. You know, yeah, I can't imagine 60 points for a whole squad. My, oh, no, no. My, my cheapest troop unit is 165 points kitted the way I have them. It's 40 for the squad. 40 for the squad. That's, That's why I run eight of them because you have to deal with them and they're obsec. So, yeah, but they die to a stiff breeze. Yeah, but there's a lot of them. Okay. No prisoners is great against me most days. All right. So we, we've covered you kind of going to an event as far as things you should take. I I take an, an old backpack. I call it my battle bag. Keep my dice in it. I keep references, codexes, phone chargers, uh, battery, you know, charger thing, um, water, loaded down with water, snacks. Get you some protein bars. You're going to play your first game and like, oh, it's lunchtime. And you're not going to be hungry yet, so you're not going to eat a lot, or at least I don't eat a lot. And then halfway through the second match, you're like, well, I'm going to kill someone if I don't get something in me now. Then match two and three are back-to-back, and you don't realize it's been six hours. You're like, dang, I'm really hungry. Those protein bars come in real handy. A, they stick with you, and B, like, they're pretty darn filling. But at Cherokee, I think I took, like, a box of... I took a box of ten, and uh, I think I ate them all in two days just to, to, to have the sustenance throughout the day. And not like, oh, I'll be right back and have to run off and like go buy something. So just just a thought. Especially how slow I play, that's probably a really good idea. Um, the, last, have, the last thing I need is a, is a 15-minute dock in, dock in time because I had to go get food. Yeah. Oh, it'd probably be worse than that. And I think Lucky Dice might have like a, a little cafe or something. So it might not be as bad for that. But I imagine lunch is going to be crazy if everybody suddenly like, walks up and tries to order. But again, I haven't been there. I've, I've been to the deep, which was a really cool store. I don't know why they don't play there anymore. And did I invite you guys to that? I think I did. You did. Okay. We're in it. Anything else you want to chat about? Anything specifically you, you want to, uh, talk um, about? yeah. Uh, you, you asked, you asked Alex and you asked me, uh, so I was just wondering what got you into 40 K. Oh man. And I, I think I told this story in episode zero, but I was probably, 14 or 15, and I, I had a guy that lived behind me named Jacob who had an older sister who was, you know, in high school or something. 
or, you know, I, I was probably 10 or 11. I was super young. But I remember, like, one day he was like, hey, I'm going to go hang out with, like, dude's store. Because um, he, he had a computer store after high school. He His grandpa helped him open a computer store. And in that computer store, to help pay the rent, he let George, a, a guy that I ended up learning or meeting 10 years later, he did Warhammer in half the store. So it was a computer store slash Warhammer store, which was amazing. Um, but I went there that very first day, and this the guy has played Warhammer Fantasy. Like, not Sigmar, old school fantasy. And that day, somebody was playing, I think it was, I know it was Skaven, and it was either Orcs or Empire or, or something like that. They they had the big sheets. You got the, the big plastic insulation sheets I've got back here. Or the, the pink ones you see at, like, Lowe's for... Oh, yeah. So they took a bunch of those, and they super glued them or hot glued them together and made, like, these giant hills and the flowing things, and it looked awesome. And I obsessed over that, like, asking about it all the time and wanting to see it. And I sat there and watched this whole, like, three-hour game with no clue as to what was going on or what they were doing or why they were doing or what any of the dice meant. I just thought it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Um, and, you know, I was like, oh, that's cool. So I obsessed over it for, for weeks and then a couple, of, I don't know, maybe in the next summer, we went to Opry Mills back in the day before the big flood. There was a games workshop in there. And of really? course, I had no association with it. I didn't know what I had seen. But I remember going there with my dad, just being like, this this is what I saw. This is what I saw. And that's when Lord of the Rings had just come out. Or, you know, the movie had just come out, and they had the Lord of the Rings game, and it, it just it looked so cool. And I didn't even know Warhammer was a thing. I thought they were playing Lord of the Rings. And, of course... Years later, the guy that I went to the store with, Jacob, he ended up getting into 40K because the guy was living with him, and he got Necrons. And I was just obsessed with, like, wanting to read the book, and he was like, oh, it's mine. You can't can't touch it. Can't touch the models. Um, and still, it was like, man, I, I want to do it so bad. And then I ended up moving to Franklin years and years later. And one day, Wes like, hey, we're going to play Warhammer this weekend. You want to play or learn or whatever? I was like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll come hang out. And I went on Craigslist. And I found somebody selling world eaters for $300. And back at the time, this was probably fifth edition. And it was, there was like a 3000 point army back in the day because things were like, if you, if you go back and look at white dwarfs, a tactical squad, a dreadnought, a rhino, a captain, and like maybe a terminator squad was a 2000 point army. I see that look on your face. Yeah. Yeah. It got crazy. Things got real cheap. That's insane. You're not selling models. If, if you only need like 12 to play. Right. You know? So so that was a massive army 15, 20 years ago. But dude was getting out of it, so he sold me. He gave me all of his stuff. So it was regular Marines. It was a ton of World Eaters. I've got like 37 World Eaters over there, and these are the old metal ones. There's a couple plastic, but it's mostly metal. Everything's converted. Everything's got the stuff, and I just showed up with it. And, of course, I didn't know edition, so I played out of the, the 3.5 edition codex against like whatever they had. But this is back when codexes were four to seven years apart. You might go an entire edition or two in Drakari's case. I think it was three without getting an updated codex. But that, that was kind of my first steps. But I remember working at a call center in Franklin and, and finding that on, on Craigslist that night. Found it. I was so excited about it. I ended up meeting the guy. I worked second shift, so I didn't get off till 10. I met him in the parking lot of like AT&T in Brentwood. <laughs> and it's pouring down rain 
And I was just so excited and didn't want to get anything. When I was like, just throw it in the back seat. Here's your cash. And just took off sight unseen. And I was like, he could have sold me bricks and I wouldn't have. And you would not have, have known. You wouldn't have cared until you got home. But I remember I got back to my apartment and just, you know, super carefully. I, I cracked open in these black carrying cases. That's where that's from. That's what that army came in. Wow. Because those are probably 20 years old, 25 and uh, my roommates were like, what the heck is this? And I was trying to explain. Of course, they were like frat boys. They didn't care. Right. Uh, but I was so excited to set all my stuff out and look at it. And it was it was so cool. But that that was really what got me into it. Of course, we played a few times and uh, started playing fantasy. <laughs> right. <laughs> bought, bought 40K and immediately went Warhammer Fantasy. So that's when I picked up my Tomb Kings and built them. Um, let's see. That turned into... <sighs> I had my Tomb Kings... And then I met Jordan and I was kind of telling the story earlier about how like I, I was like, hey, I have this thing I do and we're going to go do it this weekend uh, and showed her. And she was like, I love high elves. That's so cool. So bought her high elves and th- that ended up me, you know, I, I bought and sold stuff on uh, Barter Town. It was an old forum. Barter Town. Yes. Bartertown.com. There's only like four posts that's within the last year now, but that used to be the place before Reddit became a thing. To or Reddit tr- and Craigslist. Yeah, yeah, but you could go on there, and it was just a trust system. Like, if you didn't have any karma, you had to, like, send your money first. And if you had more karma, they had to send their stuff, and then you'd pay them. And it was it was a good system, and they banned people that, that did bad things. But, you know, you'd pick up a, a Necron army for cheap, which is where a lot of that came from. Or, you know, in my case, I found a Dark Elf army, and somebody was selling a, a Night Goblins army for nothing. So I picked that up, and then I saw kind of the writing on the wall that fantasy was going to die. Like it was very clear that, Hey, this new game's coming. It's a new edition. And then that first end times book came out and I, I, I read through it and was just like, Oh, Oh no. Like I, I, I think they're going to kill this game. And so we traded everything. Dark elves got traded for space wolves, night goblins. I sold tomb Kings. I sold, and just, I turned it all into 40 K and that's, that's where my army, my space wolves came from. And then, High Fantasy died like two months later or something. Yeah, yeah. The second book came out. I was like, oh man, this looks really bad. And then, and then that fourth book came out. The book literally ends like Archaon destroys the world. It gets sucked into a black hole. And the last thing is him like trying to hold on and his arm pops through at the last second. That's the end of the book and the end of the game. So I was like, damn, I made a, a, a good decision there by off fire sailing everything. Yeah, you, you, you really you really just said, uh, yeah, we're, we're gambling on this, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. So I sold all of my things. I was not allowed to sell a single high elf model. So one of these boxes over here is is literally like a 5,000-point Warhammer Fantasy high elf army that has <laughs> been out of that box maybe three times only to show people. Like, no, I really have it. Like, just to prove, like, like I can still see the dragon over there that's... Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. just as old as I am. Confirmed. And she's hit a point now. I was like, yeah, I could probably sell it. I was like, are you kidding me? Warhammer Fantasy is coming back in the next year. We're not selling them. Yeah, we're not selling shit. Yeah. Square bases are coming back, and I have an army ready to go. Ready to go. Not painted, but the hard part is over. I mean, I'd be surprised if you didn't have a painted army just chilling in one of these boxes. Um, She's got a couple of units she painted. Cause like her very first units, the first time she ever put paint on things, it's like a time capsule over there for her stuff. Like her archers, her dragon princes, her Elysian reavers, it it's neat. And I, I wouldn't want to. I I'd want to seal them and just nope. These are these are how these are ran. Doesn't matter. You know, might not match the scheme I go with. It might not match whatever. But like I might not. But who cares? Yeah. It, it's 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 just a blast of the past in a in a 
plastic model. When, you know, I, I can honestly say like, I don't have my first painted model anymore, but I have my wife's, I have my son's I've sealed it, you know? So in, in 40 years, if he's super into this, I'm like, look kid, this was your first model when you were six. Uh, it looks like ass, but here it is. Unfortunately for me, I didn't start my first model on like a Hearthkin Warrior, an ECOG. Oh, yeah. No, my first model that I painted was a Hecaton. But like I said, like I would, I would never repaint your stuff. Just be, seal it and and just that's what you got, and that's your time capsule. Even if you sell the army, keep keep one. Like oh, I'm sorry, I lost one. One you's only got nine, and just keep that guy on like a shelf. It's one of those things. Looking way back, like had I kept that first model. I don't know. It'd be neat to have on the show. Say, say I will say that um, I, I'm the type to follow the dopamine, and this game has been nothing but I'm mainlining it like morphine. Yes, magic. Magic tries tried to do this for years, and but it would only come in waves. This has been a game where every portion of it, from building to painting, somehow miraculously painting, gives me dopamine. Couldn't a, could not have guessed that in any other hobby. Right to playing the game it is it is an it is a mini addiction it, it really is i mean you you can see my room listeners can't uh, one day you might be able to i want to do video i'm just i'm not ready for that but this is like a shrine to the hobby in a in a sense it really is it, it's it's like game of the thrones uh it's it's like game of thrones just threw up and on for uh for warhammer 40k in this room well, and going back to like not not getting rid of your first models, that's partly why I kept that Space Wolf unit, just because this is the first unit that I finished, and for that army, I had I had everything written out, and you you saw my my gallon bag of bodies last night, but the plan was this unit would be this many models, and one of these, and one of these, and one of these weapon wise, the unit of blood claws, like that unit, it's yellow on one shoulder and black on the other with the the Space Wolf emblem. But the other unit was going to be a red shoulder pad instead of yellow and the black. And then the other one might be like a green or something. And so each unit was going to have all their heraldry done the same way. And it was going to be like truly the pack and had all these grand plans. And then eighth dropped and Primaris came out. And yeah, I've, I've heard that Primaris put a lot of damper on a bunch of people's plans. Yeah. And now everything's going to be back to normal. But I'm really afraid because Space Wolves are supposedly going to be their own contained book. Blood claws might go away, or they might come back in primary form, which would oh my gosh! You, there's a meme that I'm thinking of that I know you know of. Yeah, I'm not gonna say it, but that's exactly how I feel. Just like oh man, even like the assault intercessors, I could I could make them blood claws, but I just I don't know. It, it feels dirty. This has been episode eleven with Austin. Anything you want to say before we leave? Uh, no, I can't say anything. Uh. Can't say anything else. Uh, it's been a it's been a pretty great session. I got everything off my mind. We are getting some like random views on YouTube and things like that. So if if you want to leave a comment, let me know you're out there. Let me know where you're hearing from us. I would love to hear from anybody that that has kind of randomly found us. And if you did, thanks for listening. Let us know any kind of you know feedback or criticism or anything. Like I'd I'd love to make this better if I can. Again, sorry for the dog bumping into the mic. He's uh, he's growling at me now because I won't let him down. He'll be all right. But if, yeah, if, if you're out there, let us know. Again, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.